Welcome to the definitive guide to Facebook advertising in 2022. We are going to break down audiences, attribution, the funnel, and one of the easiest tools you can be using right now to maximize your time and your team for profit because you are probably working way too hard to get way less success than you deserve. And you've been probably lied to or misled by a whole bunch of people that don't actually know what they're doing or care about your bottom line. So let's debunk all of that stuff right now. Let's make Facebook super easy because if you're spending more than a couple hours a week on Facebook ads or you're not confident and scaling then this is for you because you absolutely deserve to get to that place and we're going to get in deep to all of the things that are actually getting in the way of all of that stuff happening that everybody says is a good idea so let's take out the used car salesman let's take out the get rich quick nonsense and let's get down to some brilliant fundamental business basics so that you can be successful in 2022 let's go first thing I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I know that you could be anywhere on the internet right now, and I really, really appreciate it. I've been building this channel now for a little over a year, and we've gotten monetized in that time. We have thousands of followers in that time. By the way, if you're watching this, go ahead and hit subscribe. At the end of the video, if you really like it, you can go ahead and hit like. If you have any questions during all of this, please go ahead and comment. I love it. You can look in the description down below for getting onto our newsletter, to getting into the podcast, to getting into the Facebook group, getting into the Facebook Ads MBA program, everything that you can do. I've been focused on trying to be as helpful as possible to everybody. And with that in mind, this video today is really to take what a lot of us experts talk about and what a lot of agency owners and gurus and folks selling information <clears throat> that don't actually care about your bottom line what they're telling you to do, why they're objectively just misled, and why the get rich quick and hustle culture isn't gonna help you out. So with all that being said, what we're gonna get into today, audiences, attribution, the funnel, and creative testing tool that you should be using right now. And if you're not, it's the easiest win for you to get started. We're gonna not only talk about what it is, but how to use it and how you can leverage that tech for your upside. We are not gonna need to worry about attribution uh, ever again. We're not gonna need to be worrying about lack of stability and lack of scale and lack of confidence ever again. So that's what we're getting into. If that's what you're in for, then sit back and take notes. I'm super excited to help you out. There are chapters here, so go ahead and jump forward if you wanna get to any of those sections, but once again, thank you so much. Now, let's start in to audiences on Facebook. Now, there are a lot of choices when it comes to audiences on Facebook. Now, objectively speaking, factually speaking, the only audience you probably really need is broad. Broad is age, gender, and location. So every type of audience you use on Facebook, you actually have to pay extra to reach out to them. Now, there's a lot of folks that'll say, well, what about interest groups? I get some good results with interest groups. Sure. But there are three big reasons why interest groups are actually a really bad idea. Number one, about 30 to 40% of the people in that interest group shouldn't be. It was just a mistake. The interest group technology hasn't really been updated for five or six years. Years. Second, you can be in an interest group whether or not you feel positively about something. So have you ever gone to a restaurant and didn't really like the food? 
and then you told people about it? According to Facebook, you're interested in that restaurant. Think of all the things that you don't like that you see ads for, and you're like, why am I getting targeted with this? Because you talked about it. And somebody else is using an interest group to show it to you. So two-thirds of every dollar basically kind of wasted if we think maybe half the people in an audience are feeling negatively about something. If one-third doesn't care, and of the, two, of the remaining two-thirds, at least half of them don't like it. The other thing that's a real big concern when it comes to interest groups is, one, they're more expensive. Two, they heavily limit where your ad could go because ads do the targeting. Your ad actually defines your audience because Facebook's business model is to show content to people that want to see it. So when you pay extra to restrict who can see your ad, you're actually making long-term success more difficult. Lastly, you might build a castle on sand with an interest group, wake up tomorrow and it's gone. Facebook is getting rid of interest groups by the thousands on a regular basis because Facebook has been trying to get people to stop using interest groups for years. Interest groups were invented to bring over face, uh, Google advertisers 10 years ago in 2012. Now, I've got a lot of more videos on the channel. You can check out way more of that stuff. Why interest groups are trash. You should absolutely not be using them. But let's also dive into a few more things. Lookalike audiences. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you can just make a lookalike of something. Here's the problem. You probably don't have enough data to really make a good lookalike. Do you have thousands and thousands and thousands of purchasers that you can make a lookalike audience? If you do... You probably don't even need a lookalike audience because you've already moved to just running at broad and you've gotten over all the get rich quick nonsense. The other problem with lookalike audiences, as well as for what it's worth, bid caps, manual bid, cost cap, stuff like that, is that they take your existing data set and then of those people, they find the best folks within them to try to sell to. Now, here's the problem. When you are trying to only show ads to the best people that you already know, you're not meeting very many new people. And yes, a lookalike can do prospecting for you. But how much of that money do you think is actually going to some net new person, especially when you don't have a good data set to begin with, especially when you're paying extra to reach them, and especially when there's a lot of other people advertising to them, so your ad's getting lost in the mix, probably losing to other advertisers with better ads. And ultimately, if you can't compete against the biggest dogs in the room and you're going after only the lowest hanging fruit that everybody else can, you're probably pissing off way more people than you're getting interested, which means the next time you try to run an ad, your CPMs go up. If your CPMs are over $20, $30, 40 $50, likes and bid caps are part of the reason that's happening. There's another video on the YouTube. You can check that out on the channel. I, I'm not here to try to double all the information, but go check it out. It's bid caps and uh, lookalikes, the truth behind all of them. Great video, 10 minutes long with an article and a bunch of text right here on the screen. So you'll really like that video, I think. That being said, the last real part of audiences that is really popular and you know isn't necessarily a bad thing, is that people are really, really interested in using retargeting. Now, retargeting can be a bit of a sticky wicket, as it were. So let me tell you this. First off, 
Every single impression your ad delivers is a retargeting impression. If it's a dollar number one on a brand new page for a brand new store on a brand new ad account, your first impression is a retargeting one. Why? Because Facebook knows who wants to see your content based off of that user's behavior. You've probably had a Facebook account for five years, 10 years, maybe 15 years. You've told Facebook what you've wanted to see. You've told Facebook what you respond positively to. Now, if we want to extrapolate that out much further, we can say this. You are going to be shown content that you want to see based off of all the other content that you've liked. Have you ever noticed when you go to buy a pair of sneakers, you constantly get followed around by ads from a bunch of sneaker companies that you've never seen, but they're retargeting you based off of your behavior. Because Facebook's business objective is to keep people on the platform and give them an experience that they want to see. So with that being said, even at broad, even with age, gender, and location, Facebook's primary objective is just to show people content that they want to see. So basically with broad, age, gender, and location, you are paying the least amount of money to give Facebook the most amount of control to show your ad to the most amount of people that want to see it regardless of where they are and anywhere in any else's funnel, which allows you to retarget all of your competitors and pay way less to retarget your own users. Because ultimately, who do you think wants to see your ad? Somebody that has never heard of sneakers before? Or somebody that just abandoned cart on Nike, New Balance, and Reebok in the last 24 hours? or somebody that was at your store earlier today. Broad will do that for you. Once you start getting into the idea of retargeting and breaking down to much smaller audiences, you can really, really start to inhibit the ability for your brand to grow because you're investing much more money than you should at a much higher cost than you should to focus your ads so people that would already see them anyway. If you notice your CPMs on retargeting audiences can be twice or three or five times as much as they would on broad. And when you start forcing really bad experiences on people because you're just smashing an ad against them and they don't want to see it, Facebook sees you as a liability to their business model. So all of your cost of advertising across your entire account goes up. Again, if your CPMs are over $20, $30, $40 and you're doing retargeting, that's probably why. Or at least a pretty good piece. Attribution. This is one of the biggest topics in digital marketing right now. I want to bust one myth. No one, no one gets credit for any particular sale. You cannot say this ad drove that sale. You cannot say this ad set or this campaign made that sale happen. Yes, it was the last thing that somebody clicked on to make that purchase. But that user that made that purchase probably had a fundamentally different experience than the person that made a purchase right before them. The person that got your lead today probably looks wildly different on how they got there than the person that got a lead tomorrow. The point is, we exist in a very dynamic universe. The real people at the other end of those ad dollars 
they all have their own lives with very different experiences. The point here is you cannot attribute any success of any particular sale to any one ad because that ad didn't start that journey. It merely finished it, and it might not even be the only thing that did. When we start to get to attribution, especially when we use tools like Triple Whale and Northbeam, what we're looking at is what got the last bit of credit. And we're trying to do a fancier version of what Google Analytics did. Now that's great, but what if you're running search, email, and Facebook, and maybe have some TikTok going? If you didn't have that TikTok, would that person have bought? If you didn't have email, would that conversion happen? What if they clicked on that email, but because they saw your Facebook ad and then searched you on Google and signed up and then got a newsletter? That might all happen in a 24-hour period. Well, now you have three channels taking credit for the same sale. The point is attribution is a sales pitch from folks that were selling digital marketing 30 years ago to take credit for advertising and for results. It is predicated on a lie and has never once been able to actually been figured out at scale for any business to truly rely on. Now, we've seen versions of tech over the last 20, 30 years come in with attribution dashboards and then multi-touch attribution and then omni-channel solutions, and then Google Analytics, Facebook Analytics. Uh, then we had these other tools like Hyros, and then Wicked Reports, and then Northbeam, and then Triple Whale. And they're basically all fancier and fancier versions of trying to solve the same problem that actually cannot ever be solved. Now, I'm not here to say that Triple Whale and Northbeam are bad tools, I hope you saw what I admitted there. But people using them to capitalize on, well, this ad got credit, so I'm going to spend more money there, are misusing the tool. The other side of attribution when it comes to Facebook is optimization and attribution windows. Seven-day click, one-day click. Do we add a view? Do we not add a view? Is view through good even? And there's really two schools of thought. And I'm going to give you both of them because they're both right. Well, there's plenty of other schools of thought, but we're going to only talk about the ones that are empirically true based on objective facts and data and are basically completely inarguable, regardless of anybody else's isolated experiences or ego. Number one. Number one. One-day click. Now, one-day click is the most valuable data set that you can run. It is the most reliable to say that that thing is the what got you across the finish line. And most importantly, one reason I've been preaching it for many, 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 many years is because it helps you avoid what we call duplicitous attribution. Basically, email, search, and Facebook all taking credit for the same sale. Where when you add up all of your reporting, it says you sold 12 things today, but your accountant knows you only sold six. That kind of stuff happens all the time. So what we need to do in this case is we're relying on a one-day click attribution window to give us the highest amount of confidence in that data and the integrity of that data to make decisions now that makes sense it's absolutely true 
and that is a luxury position for those with high volume. Now, the reason I'm saying that is very specific. If you are running an advertising campaign or have a Facebook account that is driving hundreds of sales a day, one day click is perfectly fine. Even if you're getting 50, 60, 70 sales a day or leads a day, one day click is probably fine because you are letting that data set of that one day click be what Facebook looks at to optimize to end users. Now, this used to be two different parts of the funnel. It used to be two different parts of how we would uh, set up our ad set. Sorry, not the funnel. On me out on it. We used to be able to separate optimization windows and attribution windows, but now we can't. So here is what we have going now. You can go off of a one-day click for the attribution of your reporting, but it also means that Facebook is only going to look at that one-day click number to understand who gets credit for what, and that's the only data it's going to look at to try to replicate that success moving forward. Because you said, I don't want people that take seven days to, to take an action. I want everybody ready to go right now. And that can absolutely work. However, option two, if you do not have the level of success, scale, budget, or confidence to get to a one-day click, you can focus on seven-day click, one-day view. The reason that we go for either one day click or seven day click and one day view is because those two data sets offer us two different options. Now, mind you, I also have another video on the channel. You can go check it out. Also on the podcast, there's an episode around, around all of these attribution models that is a 30 minute deep dive, definitive guide to Facebook attribution. Go check that out. But what we're talking about here when it comes to attribution is we're also talking about the optimization window. And what we need is to pick a hyperbolic way of looking at the data. Either we are saying, we have so much data, I only need you to take a look at what happened today after they clicked on the ad and find me more people that are gonna click on the ad and do that thing. Or we're gonna say, Facebook, I want you to get as much information as possible to create as much incremental lift in my business as you can and the real difference here in your business is where you're at in your maturity and really it's a bell curve all right so when we're starting out and we're struggling to spend enough to really start scaling or really rely on a one-day click we're doing that seven-day click one-day view this is a dozen conversions a day, maybe 20, 30, 40, 50. Congratulations if you're there. That is really impressive and tough to do. But at some point, you're starting to drive 60, 80, 100, 200. You're hitting the bell curve. Up here, this is where one-day click is actually the best thing for you. More than likely. Because what you're doing here is you are letting Facebook see immediate data to make immediate transactions and have the greatest amount of clarity across the data set of all of the marketing efforts that you're currently running. However, at some point, 
when you're running hundreds of conversions a day, where you are no longer worried about Facebook being the source of your revenue because you now have this great big business that is losing influencers and TikTok and search and email and maybe some other direct mail efforts and a Facebook group and a million other things. Your brand is mature. We can let Facebook go back to that seven day click one day view because ultimately what we're most concerned about is getting the most amount of data to find the most amounts of high quality users to drive the highest volume of those users into our store to replicate similar experiences for people to continue to grow our brand. We're using broad and we can use that seven day click one day view to ultimately get us enough data to scale our business well beyond 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a day. I hope that helps. Either you are getting all your money today, one day click, or you need more data, seven day click, one day view. Now, the funnel. Sadly, there are far too many people that still say you need to do a click campaign or uh, engagement campaign or need to run retargeting your advertising bottom line is this just isn't true now you will see people saying well i'm getting success with that and i appreciate that my pushback is imagine what would happen if you didn't misuse the tool how much better your success could be and you might be successful today but do you really think you're going to continue to be successful in three months when you're making it harder and harder and harder on yourself to ramp up your business. So in order for you to scale your success, you're gonna have to scale your time and your money. And eventually you're gonna run out of hours of the day and zeros in your bank account just to maintain the same level of profit. That's a losing battle. Now, there are a lot of things to this, but basically let's bust some really easy myths. Number one, Prospecting on Facebook. We've already covered this a little bit, but literally every single impression that any ad will ever deliver on Facebook is a retargeting ad. A retargeting impression. Unless you have invented fire, everybody's already seen basically what you have going on. Unless you have a disruptive, innovative product to the market that fits some need that nobody ever knew existed. They're like, by the way, there's a thing. It's called a foot. I don't know if you know you have this, but we got a thing to wrap that foot. It's called a shoe. Unless you're that innovative, you're probably retargeting people. The point here is we need to stop thinking about prospecting and retargeting inside of the Facebook platform. What we need to think about is more if every impression is retargeting, how do we best use our ability to monetize relationships and curate customer journeys to generate revenue for our business. Now that's a slightly more complicated conversation, but what we really need to think about is we have to stop setting up a prospecting campaign that excludes a mid funnel and a bottom funnel because it's already mid funnel to begin with. And more importantly, the mid funnel and bottom funnel ad sets and campaigns you might be running. If you're excluding them from your prospecting, here's what you're saying. I'm gonna run a bunch of money to reach new people. Now, I'm gonna try to make money off of those new people, but 
If they don't buy on the very first click, that person is worthless to me. And then I'm going to spend money on them elsewhere at a much higher cost. Because your mid-funnel and bottom funnel almost assuredly have a much higher CPM. Now, I hear you're going to say, but my ROAS is higher. My CPAs are lower. Yeah, on much less spend. Those aren't scalable, which means you're not going to be able to spend. If you're spending 500 a day, you can't spend 498 of it on a retargeting audience, especially a bottom funnel one. But you could spend it all at broad and let... Facebook curate that customer journey that's already retargeting from day one, penny one, cent one on your very first ad ever. And let it curate that customer journey all the way through the funnel because that's what Facebook is doing anyway. And that's what Facebook's job really is, to curate customer experiences and generate intent via those journeys. The last thing we're going to talk about right here is the number one Facebook tool to get creative, because remember, creative does the targeting, especially when you're using broad, and because we're no longer worried about trying to get credit for every last sale, we just want to allow our ads to go find whoever they want to, and we're going to try to collate all of our data into one place while we're using those nice attribution windows, and we're no longer concerned about trying to funnel hack things by making a retargeting ad or a prospecting ad, because that is nonsense thinking that is at least four years out of date. And honestly comes from people that were using Google ads trying to look smart on Facebook or people that were using email trying to look smart on Facebook. People that were coming from a non-optimized CPM environment trying to look good on a new tool and a new device that functions in a completely different way than they've ever seen before. These are basically people trying to throw gas in an electric car and then complaining when it doesn't work. Dynamic creative. So Dynamic Creative is this wonderful tool where basically Facebook is going to take all of the elements that you give it, all the options that you give it to run your ads with, creative, copy, headline. Please don't use descriptions or CTA buttons. Those things don't matter. And it allows Facebook to give the end user ex whatever experience that they want. Now, what's great about this is that it ultimately allows you as an advertiser to let the machine give the best user experience to curate that funnel flow that we're trying to control for because we're still stuck in decades old thinking and misunderstanding of how Facebook works. And we're using broad audiences, so we're hitting people that is the first time they've ever seen our brand and somebody that was on our store yesterday, all in the same place. And what's great about Dynamic Creative is three things. Number one, really easy to do. You upload three images, two sets of copy, two headlines, and you've got 12 ads that are going to do really well, bet in, at least give you uh, really well in the opportunity of meeting Facebook's business objective of giving people positive experiences. Way better than point number two, of building out a bunch of ads that one takes a lot of time is probably going to create human error where you are guessing what people want to see and you're going to be wrong. And more importantly, when you put ads in a dynamic creative, the information is collated. Basically, when one headline goes out and does poorly, Facebook doesn't understand. People don't want to see this. They want to see this one. 
So instead of running 12 ads or 20 ads or 40 ads a week, don't do your creative testing where every single one of those ads is effectively a salesperson going out into the wilderness that never talks to anybody else that actually tries to cannibalize everybody else's experience and compete against each other. Instead, we can go out there with a team. In the case of three creatives, two copy, two headline, that's three times two, that's six times two headlines, that's 12 total possible permutations. That is a team that works together, shares all their information, and lets the platform, in this case Facebook, determine who should talk to who, what ad should be shown to what person. And ultimately, that brings us to point number three, is that these become incredibly simple ways of testing creatives and copy and headline to solve business problems because we're no longer worried about funnels. We're no longer worried about audiences. All we're trying to do is get the nice, best collection, a team of ads that speak to the right types of people that most effectively amplify our business model. And when you do that, you've eliminated 60 to 70% of the absolute terrible work that most people think that you should do that is honestly way more time, uh, it takes way more time and doesn't bring you any net positive for your business. Maybe if you're running interest groups and you're running a dozen ads every day and you're doing a bunch of manual bidding and you're doing a bunch of retargeting, you can see success. But you could probably replicate that same success in a couple of weeks on one-tenth of the work. And in three months, your worst day will be better than any good day you ever had when you decided to disrespect the platform and work way too hard doing a whole bunch of things that were basically just get-rich-quick scams. And isn't that what we want? More success with less stress? That's what Facebook gives you. It is the single most stable, most scalable solution to generate user intent, market research, and customer journeys at scale. And it's really, really easy. Once you give up trying to be smarter than a machine looking at billions of data points across billions of users for over a decade because you're never going to win that battle. But as soon as you understand how to use the tool instead of fight it, success is just a matter of time. That's what I'm going to leave you with today. YouTube thinks you might like some of these things over here and don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, I'll see you on the internet. Bye.